Welcome to Working the Word with Jonathan Force. Join us now for a service already in progress at Lakewood Church of God. Amen. Grab your Bible and turn with me, please, to the book of Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. And we're going to continue our study tonight on spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare. So we're going to be talking about things that um, have to do and pertain to spiritual warfare. Touch your neighbor and say, you were born to win. You were born to win. Amen. Spiritual warfare is for the believer. I believe, now, now let's go ahead and get into this tonight. Let's just pray. Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to be able to Uh, study your word and to break the bread of life. I pray that you would help me to accurately communicate it tonight. I pray that our ears would be open to what the Holy Spirit is teaching us tonight. May our our spirits be open also to receive. And we give you praise for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Now, last week we talked about how that we are called to exercise our authority. In the book of Luke chapter 9, we talked about how that Jesus told the disciples that they needed to exercise their authority. Then we went to Luke chapter 10 where Jesus told the 70 that they needed to exercise their authority. Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Mark 16, 17 through 20, we talked about how that all believers need to exercise spiritual authority. We also saw that in Romans chapter 16 and verse 20 and we rounded out our teaching in James, Peter and Ephesians still talking about how that all believers are called by God to exercise spiritual authority. Authority. So we realized last week that God has called us to exercise spiritual authority, right? Every single person in this place tonight, here on Wednesday night, in this teaching and training tonight, realizes that you are called by God to exercise spiritual authority. That means you have power over the works of the enemy. Now what I want to talk about tonight is, since we have discovered that we are called to exercise this authority, I want to talk to us about some of the conditions of our heart and some of the conditions that are conducive to that authority being exercised. And the first thing that I want to talk about is I want to talk about the fact that if we are going to accurately exercise spiritual authority against the enemy, then our faith has to be rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ. You're not going to be able to conquer the enemy if you uh, have your faith rooted and grounded in Mother Earth, or if you have your faith rooted and grounded in witchcraft, or if you have your faith rooted and grounded in another faith. Jesus said this. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. And in Matthew chapter 16, beginning in verse number 16, 16, 17, 18, and 19, the scriptures say this. And Simon Peter answered and said, You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said this to Simon. He said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. Now let's stop right there before we read verses 18 and 19. Some things we can only get by revelation. I've said this many, many different times because I want you to understand that there are things that you cannot understand or grasp if we 
walk according to the mandates of this world, if we walk according to our carnal nature. The carnal mind is always going to fight the things of the Spirit of God. And the reason is because carnality is based in reason, spirituality is based in revelation. And right here, the Bible says that Jesus told Peter, He said, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's what Peter said. And then Simon Barjona, or Peter, said, uh, Jesus told him, He said, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. Remember last week when I was talking to you about exercising spiritual authority and I told you that everything always goes back to your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Everything in our life, everything in our spiritual walk, everything always goes back to our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Simon Barjona or Peter would never have been able to answer this question if he had not had a personal relationship with God. Because Jesus told him, he said, it's the Father that revealed this to you. There are some things, now now I'm going to mess up your theology here for a few moments, okay? There are some things that Holy Spirit can't reveal to you. There are some things Jesus can't reveal to you. There are some things that only God can reveal to you. And you say, well, what, what would one of those things be? It's very simple, the revelation of Jesus Christ. God is the only one that can reveal to you or give you the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, Holy Spirit can build upon that revelation. Holy Spirit can teach, can lead, can guide, can lift up Christ and all of these things. But the revelation of who God is to you, or who Jesus is to you rather, comes straight from God Himself. God loved you so much that He sent His Son Jesus to die on Calvary so that we could come into a full relationship with Jesus Christ and God is making sure that the chances of that relationship are strong by reserving the revelation of who Jesus is to you to Himself. You want a a great example of that? The book of Revelation. The book of Revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Well, uh, where did that revelation come from? Obviously, it came from God. So I wanted you to see that in verse number 17. Jesus said unto him, Blessed art you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And verse number 18 says this, And I say unto you, or unto thee, that thou art Peter... And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, uh, I want to just kind of touch this for just a few moments. Most of us know this, but there might be a few people here that don't. When Jesus looked at Peter and said, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church, you have to kind of get a mind picture going here. Jesus looked at Peter and He said, You're Peter, and that word Peter means little stone. Translated means little stone. So you are Peter... And then Jesus said, hey, Peter, upon this rock, speaking of himself. That's the mind picture you have to get. Jesus did not look at Peter and said, you're Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. No, Jesus was talking directly to Peter. So why would Jesus look at Peter and say, you're Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church? Now, if, if he, Jesus was talking to other people, he could have said this rock, but if he was just, if, if that was reserved for Peter, he said, you are Peter and I'm going to build my church on you. But he didn't. 
Here's what he said. You're Peter. You're the little stone. But upon this rock, Peter, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. How do you know that's true? Because when Peter was writing later in First and Second Peter, he made statements like the stone which the builders disallowed, the same has become the head of the corner. The chief cornerstone. Jesus is the chief cornerstone. And so Peter was conveying to the churches, he was conveying to them that he realized and recognized and embraced the truth that Jesus was the rock that the church would be built upon. And so I say also unto you, you're Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And then verse number 19, and he said, And I'm going to give unto you the keys of the kingdom, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, I want to talk about this for just a few moments here because I want us to have the correct understanding of what binding and loosing is. The keys of the kingdom is binding and loosing. Now, now we have to understand that as a Christian and exercising our spiritual authority and having the right to do that, that doesn't mean that we can bind and loose according to our personal whims. In fact, a more accurate translation is in the Williams version uh, and it's in verse uh, number 18. He says, I solemnly say to you, whatsoever you bid forbid on earth must already be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth must be already permitted in heaven. Verse number 19 says this, Matthew 16 and verse 19, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom in heaven and whatever you forbid on earth. Once again it says must be what is already forbidden in heaven and whatever you permit on earth must be what is already permitted in heaven. What this says is I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven but the keys of the kingdom of heaven are going to be based on the revelation of who Jesus Christ is and once you have the full understanding and the revelation of who Jesus Christ is then you're going to know His character, you're going to know His wants, you're going to know His personality, you're going to know His desires and you're going to know what makes Him tick because He will be revealed unto you. And through the revelation of who Jesus is, you will understand or come into the understanding through the activity of the teaching of the Holy Spirit if something is bound in heaven. And if it's bound in heaven, then you hold the key to having what is bound in heaven also bound here on the earth. And whatever is loosed in heaven, you, become, you come into the full revelation of that because you are living in the revelation of Jesus Christ. And you come into the full revelation of that and when you come into the full revelation of it, it might not be loosed on the earth and the only way for it to to be loosed is for the church to activate and loose what is already loosed in heaven. You understand that? You understand that? The Williams version or the Williams translation kind of opens that up and helps us to understand it. So let me give you some examples, okay? We understand that Satan is bound in heaven, right? If Satan is bound in heaven, then that means that I can exercise spiritual authority here on the earth based on what is already settled in heaven and I have spiritual authority through the name of Jesus to bind the works of the enemy on the earth and when I do it, it's the last key that needs to be turned in the victory of binding the enemy out of my life. That's how you exercise spiritual authority. 
You can't go around and say, well, I bind this and I loose that based on your whims and based on you on what you want and learning how to create this and learning how to create. Well, I'm going to create this future and I'm going to create, I'm just going to bind things and I'm just going to loose. You can't do that. No, you come into the revelation of who Jesus is and in the process of that, you're taught by Holy Spirit what is bound and loosed in heaven and, and then you have the responsibility, the stewardship responsibility to bind and loose those very things right here on the earth. I am convinced that God has already loosed revival in heaven. He's already loosed spiritual authority. He's already loosed power. He's already, let me, let, me, let me just get it down a little closer to where we live. I'm convinced that God has already loosed some of your healing in heaven. How do you know that? Because it's based on the finished work of Calvary. Jesus doesn't have to go back and and pay another price for your healing. He doesn't have to do that. The Bible said that by His stripes you were healed. So that's finished work. By His stripes you were healed. So you know in heaven my miracle is a finished work and it's been loosed. So then how come we're walking around sick? Because someone down on the earth has not yet learned how to loose on earth by faith and the revelation of Jesus Christ, what has already been loosed in heaven. This is spiritual warfare. This is how spiritual warfare works. Once again, it's all based on our, on our relationship with God Almighty. It's all based on our relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, I realize there's different kinds of teaching, but I'm giving you the balanced teaching of this right here. Okay? Now, let's continue on here, okay? Uh, We must always be seeking God's will. Always be seeking it in each instance before exercising authority in Jesus' name. Some things you'll only know. Now listen very carefully, okay? Some things you will only know is loosed in heaven through discernment. Through the gift of discernment. Through the gifts of the Spirit. Through word of knowledge. Through faith. That's why we have to learn about the move of the Spirit for today. That's why we have to learn about the gifts of the Spirit and the operations, the manifestations, and the administrations of the Spirit, like the Bible teaches us there in the book of 1 Corinthians. We've got to learn those things. And through discernment, you know, I may be praying for someone. And I might be praying for someone, and this doesn't happen very often. Most of the time when I pray for someone, the Lord lets me go ahead and pray for them that they would be healed, and a lot of times they're healed. But I may be praying for someone, and I'll just discern in my spirit, God's like, hold up. Don't interrupt my process here. God may be dealing with a person. You know, here's, here's a great example, okay? The Bible said if there's any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church and let them anoint them with oil and pray over them. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. And if they've committed sin, they'll be forgiven. That's in James chapter 5. But there's also places in the scripture where the Bible teaches us to walk by faith and learn how to receive the blessing of God in our life by ourselves. Did you know every time you get sick, you don't have to call the preacher? You say, well, I just don't understand that. I just think that I should have to do that. No, 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 no. Now, now, now don't take offense to this, okay? But all due respect, that's Catholicism. You don't have to go through a preacher to get in touch with God. 
That's what Calvary was all about. When Jesus cried, it is finished and the veil was written, Twain, from top to bottom in the temple ushering us into the holiest of holies. At that point, no longer do you have to go through a priest to access heaven's throne room. We don't have to do that. We can come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy to find grace to help us in the time of need. We come in the name of Jesus and when we pray in the name of Jesus, then we are exercising the spiritual authority that is necessary that gives us direct access to God. Did you know that the word atonement means at one with? Calvary was God's atonement for sinful man. And when Jesus died on Calvary and the blood was shed, the reason that that blood was shed was to remove our sin as far as the east is from the west. So it doesn't, God doesn't remember that sin against us anymore. And in that process, because of the shed blood of the sacrificial lamb, Jesus Christ, the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world, because of that shed blood, we have direct access to God. And that's why in the New Testament they say, call no man father but God. Okay. So I've given to you the keys of the kingdom and of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. So we've got to be seeking God's will in every instance. We have to be discerning before we exercise this authority in the name of Jesus. And Sometimes we already know God's will because it's revealed in His Word. And other times we need a direct revelation from the Lord what to do and when or how we should do it. Now, I always tell people, you know, people say, well, I just don't know if it's God's will for me to be healed or not. It's always God's will for you to be healed. It's always God's will. doesn't mean everybody always gets healed, but it's always God's will for you to be healed. If it's not God's will for you to be healed, then God is practicing favoritism. Seriously, seriously. Then how come some people don't get healed? Well, there are many, many different answers to that. Uh, the Bible says this, and, it's just, it's, and it can all be wrapped up in this. The Bible said that my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Okay? And I would take it even further than that because the Bible teaches it this way that we are to be doers of the word and not just a hearer only. We can have all of the knowledge in the world, but if we don't act on it, Juanita, if we don't act on the knowledge the Lord has given us, we can't have what that knowledge was meant to produce. And so we have to learn to act upon that knowledge. And so there are some things you don't need to pray about. Because they're already established in the Word. God wants you wealthy. God wants you healthy. God wants you whole. Not everybody's going to be wealthy. Not everybody's going to be healthy. Not everybody's going to be whole. That doesn't mean that they're any less spiritual than anyone else. But Calvary provided the path for all of that for every single one of us. All right, now, i got 15 more minutes here. I want to talk to you... Um, uh, a little bit more here about uh, Matthew chapter 16 and verse number 19. The Greek word for bind is this. It's, it's D-E-O. And that means to put into bonds or to forbid. And it also 
might be to restrict or limit by God's authority the activity of the devil and eventually render him helpless. How many of you have ever experienced an attack from the enemy where you were hindered but not halted? You ever experienced that? He slowed you down. He messed with you, okay? Did you know? Let's give him some of his own medicine. We can do the same thing to him. Let's stop his advance in our life. Let's stop his advance in our brothers' and sisters' lives. How do I do that, Pastor? Through prayer, through fasting, through the acquisition of the knowledge that's in the Word of God and the... And the Uh, and putting that knowledge into practice in our life, the practice of kingdom principles. Don't blame God for something He didn't do for you when He gave you the instructions on how to do it in the Word and you haven't done it. Let me put it like this so we can all understand it, okay? And I feel like it's coming by the Holy Ghost because I think somebody's going to really get it when I say it like this. You ready? Are you all ready for this? God is not your maid. He's not there to clean your house and do your dishes and, and take care of your dirty laundry and cook your meals. and That's not what God does. No, no, He's your friend. That sticks closer than, than your brother. He's, he, he has a desire to be close to you. But not only is, your, is He your friend, that sticks closer than your brother, but He is your fellow heir in God. The Bible said that we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. That means that everything that God prepared for Jesus, then then God gives us access to everything that He prepared for Jesus because of the sacrifice of Jesus. The Bible calls Him the firstfruits of many brethren. The Bible called Him the only begotten Son of God. But then later in Scripture, the Bible said that there are many begotten sons. He was the only begotten Son of God. But now we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We have authority in the name of Jesus to put the enemy in bonds. We have authority in the name of Jesus to forbid him access into our lives. We have authority in the name of Jesus to restrict his activity. Devil, get your hands off my kids in the name of Jesus. You've got the authority. You've got to take that authority. Don't pray like this. Don't get down and say, Oh God, right now in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord, Lord, that you would just touch Johnny. God, just touch Johnny and set him free. Oh God. No, 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 no. Let me tell you something. If Johnny's bound up, it's not God's fault. So what you've got to do is you've got to address the problem. You've got to pull your shoulders back and you've got to take your position of authority and you've got to speak to the problem. You've got to say, Devil, I command you to turn loose of my kids right now in the name of Jesus. You have no authority. They are my seed in the name of Jesus. I have a, many of you know Dr. Cushman. He's one of my mentors and I work with him every week in multicultural ministries and church planting here in the state for the church of God. uh, One day a week or sometimes a couple of days a week. And he had a nephew that was coming through a canal last year on a jet ski. Had his girlfriend on the back. And the throttle stuck on the jet ski. And they hit a seawall doing over 50 mile an hour. Threw him up 
um, through, through him, either threw him up or he was very close. It just so happened the seawall that he hit was a surgeon's home. Wow. And the surgeon was outside. Okay. And he came and got him and pulled him out. Well, they were telling him he's going to die. He's going to die. And if he lives, he's going to be nothing but a vegetable. going to be nothing but a vegetable. He's got brain injuries and all kinds of stuff. He's going to do no good. You know, he says, you might as well just forget it. You know, call in the family. It's over. And all of these kinds of things. And Dr. Cushman told me, he said, I called my brother. He said, that's my great nephew. He said, I called my brother Paul. And I told him, that's your seed. That's your grandson. That's your seed. You tell the devil, get his hands off of your seed that he can't steal his life. He can't take him away. Get his hands off of your seed. And he said, Paul got the family together and went into that boy's room and took authority over the enemy and took authority over the spirit of death and took authority over that spirit that would try to leave him in a vegetative state and said, devil, you can't have my seed in the name of Jesus. And he took authority over it. And today, a little less than a year later, this young man is back to playing the guitar in his church. Why? Why? Because somebody dared take their position in God. You have the power and you have the authority. We have the power and we have the authority. We are too busy letting the devil whoop up on us. We need to turn the tables on the devil and start whipping up on him. The devil is no match for you. Come on, touch your neighbor and say, the devil's no match for you. He's no match. You have power over the enemy. You have power over the works of the enemy. Now let me continue on here. All right, so um, we can restrict or limit by God's authority the activity of the enemy and render him helpless, okay? Now that's the word for bind, that's deal. The Greek word for loose is luo, L-U-O, and it means to break up, to destroy, to dissolve or put off. And the sense might be to break up the work of the enemy, destroy his strongholds or power, dissolve or put off what the devil has put in place against you, and in so doing, you permit the freedom of the Lord that God has ordained for your life. Every single person in this place tonight deserves to live in peace by virtue of your identity with Jesus Christ. If the devil starts messing with you, you just start talking about peace. Thank you, Lord, for your peace. And you know something? It doesn't take but about two or three little scriptures on peace and you can feel the peace of God just flood your life. It'll just flood your mind. It'll flood your spirit. It'll flood the situation. I'm telling you what, the devil thought that he, he thought he was going to be funny and thought he was going to mess things up around here. And I've been in so much peace, I can hardly stand it. I just, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just in total peace. You know why? Because I won't accept nothing less. I won't accept nothing less. You have the right to be blessed. And you also have the right to accept nothing less. You have the right to live in God's favor. And by virtue of your identity with Jesus Christ... You have the right to accept nothing less. And so whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven because it's already bound in heaven and it's already loosed in heaven. And you know what it is either through discernment or through the revelation of Jesus Christ and who He is. 
Now, Matthew chapter 12 and verse number 28, and this will be the last scripture that we're going to be uh, talking about here tonight. Matthew chapter 12, verse number 28. We'll probably go to 1 Peter. There's another scripture in 1 Peter we'll probably go to. Let's start in verse 25. Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. Tell somebody division is not of God. Psalms 133 says, In the place of unity is where the Lord commands His blessing, even life forevermore. I want to live in a place where God is not just giving me blessing, but He's commanding it. Because if God commands something, there's absolutely nothing the devil can do to stop it. Okay? So, division is not of God. Anything that causes division is not of God. Anything that causes confusion is not of God. And then the Bible says if Satan cast out Satan, he's divided against himself. And how then shall his kingdom stand? So Jesus said, if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. He says, first number, because they were, they, they were, they were uh, saying that he was casting out spirits by the prince of the devils, by Beelzebub. Jesus said, if I do this, this, he said, who do your children cast out? By, by whom do your children uh, cast them out? Verse number 28, but if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. So what he was saying was, I'm not casting out devils by Beelzebub. I'm casting out devils by the Spirit of God. You can cast out devils by the Spirit of God. Church needs to start getting bold again. When's the last time? And I'm not saying go out here and shake a bush and try to get a devil to jump out. But when's the last time that you were living so close to God that when the enemy showed up and maybe a spirit of oppression or depression or even at times possession, when's the last time that when they showed up in your presence that the presence of God was on you so strong that that enemy just gave up and left that person? I'm going to give you a little... <laughs> I was, up in, I was up in Canada. I was in Dolphin River. I was ministering in Dolphin River. Um, it's a little uh, Indian community up kind of near Fairford in the Manitoba province. And it was several years ago, back in the late 80s. And um, I was uh, preaching there, and we was having a tremendous revival, powerful revival. power of God was real strong. And uh, there, there was a guy that came in, and he was, I mean, so possessed he was twisted up. I mean, his body was twisted up. He was very, he was very possessed. And there's, when you're ministering to the Indians, there's a lot of witchcraft. There's a lot of Indian religion and things like that. And so, and so here I am. I'm, I'm praying for this guy. And uh, I mean, I'm preaching. And there's some people over there praying for this guy. And they're, and they're just trying and trying and trying to get the guy free. And they couldn't hardly get him free. And so at the end of the service, I went up to him. I prayed for him for about two or three minutes. He was set free. God filled him with the Holy Ghost. And, and that was that. They looked at me and they said, what did you do? I said, I let him, I said, what did you whisper to him? I said, I let the devil know that I know who, knew who I was. Another place in Gore, Oklahoma, I was 17 years old. There was this man that was, was demon-possessed, so demon-possessed. This, this would scare some people. But he was so demon-possessed that uh, at the end of the service, during the altar service, I heard this screech and I looked up and it was, there were pews on both sides and an aisle down the middle, you know, and he actually was slithering like a snake on the floor, foaming at the mouth, coming up towards the altar. 
Well, some of these people got around him and they're, oh, you know, oh God, please, oh God, please, and all this kind of stuff. And just went on and on and on and on. And, and I just felt the Lord just tell me, you know, just let it be for a little while. I've got to do something here. I've got to show something here. So I just left it alone for a little while. And so then finally when I felt the direction of the Lord to do it, I said, okay, you guys clear out. And I went down there and I kneeled down beside him and I whispered in his ear. I said, devil, I said, this is Jonathan Vorse. I come to you and by the authority of Jesus Christ, I command you to shut your mouth, come out in the name of Jesus and don't return. He went limp. Everybody said, he's free, he's free. And the Lord revealed to me, no, the devil's trying to act like it was a sleeper. The old devil was trying to act like he was asleep. He tried to act. I said, no, devil, you. I said, listen, let me tell you something. I live uh, under the direction of the Lord, and I know, and I can discern you're still there. Come out in the name of Jesus. And he screamed, foamed at the mouth, arched his back, was totally, eventually totally set free there within the, about the next 30 seconds. And then we prayed and God filled him with the Holy Ghost. And he was totally set free. They asked me that later, they said, what did you whisper in his ear? I said, I told him, I said, I, I told the devil I knew who I was in Jesus Christ. I knew who Jesus was. I come in his authority and I come in his name and I command that spirit to leave him in the name of Jesus and to never return. And then we prayed until the Holy Spirit came in. He gave his heart to the Lord. We prayed until the Holy Spirit came in and filled up that void so there wouldn't be room for the enemy to come back in again. And that's a key when you're dealing with stuff like that. I'll probably be teaching you on some of those things. I was actually studying some of it uh, some more today. I'll probably be teaching you on, on how to overcome the enemy in that way. Here's the point that I'm trying to make. You have authority over the devil. You have authority over the devil. Come on, touch your neighbor and say, you have authority over the devil. Come on. There's no reason for you to be afraid of the devil... There's no reason for you to fear. God hath not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Oh, pastor talked about this. Now I'm going to go home and have nightmares. On I bind that in the name of Jesus. How do you know you bind that? Because it's already bound in heaven. The Bible said God's not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You've got power over the works of the enemy. You've got power over the onslaught of the enemy. You can overcome the works of the enemy. Jesus told them right here. He said, I do it by the Spirit of God. I'm not casting the devil out by the prince of the devils. I'm doing it by the Spirit of God. You can overcome the enemy by the Spirit of God. How do you do that? Because you be, when you give your life to Christ, you become a representative of the kingdom of God. And all you have to do is operate in your new position. That's what you have to do. And it's God's grace and it's God's sacrifice. You don't have to work up a sweat telling the devil to leave you alone. Jesus already done the work. He already did the work. All we have to do is let the enemy know we know who we are in Jesus Christ. All right? Have I given you too much tonight? Okay. Everybody feel well fed? Questions? First Peter chapter 4 and verse number 10 is where I was going to take you. We can go there real quick like. First Peter chapter 4. 
And it's just, it's an encouragement in the scripture that I was going to take you where it says, Every man have received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And so what it's talking about is the gift of God's power and the gift of God's authority and all of that. And the Bible said minister to one another. That's what, that was the last point I was going to make tonight, but it's getting a little bit late. But we have, you know, if, and, and here's basically what that means. I'll touch it a little bit, okay? Here's basically what that means. I have a stewardship responsibility with my personal identity in Jesus Christ, just like you do. If I see the devil messing with Brenda, I have a stewardship responsibility to help her get the devil off her back. Okay? I mean, if the enemy's trying to mess with your brother or the enemy's trying to mess with your sister, there are some things that takes agreement. We have to pray the prayer of agreement. We have to stand together. God did not design us to be an island all by ourselves. Here's the way the enemy works. He'll cut you away from the pack. He'll isolate you by telling you they really don't care about you. Nobody really cares about you. Nobody loves you. Nobody rah, 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 rah. And before long, the spirit of offense will set in and the spirit of offense will cut you off. And when you become isolated, then you feel the full blunt of the enemy's attack against you. No, uh, forgive me for saying it like this, but you need to stay in the pack. You need to stay in the pack. We need each other. Touch your neighbor and say, I need you. And tell the other one, say, you need me. Tell them, you need me. Tell them, you need me too. Bottom line is we need each other. So we have to work with one another. We have to pray with one another. We have to help one another. And when we see one of our brothers or one of our sisters coming under attack, then what we have to do instead of finding fault with them and being like Job's comforters and trying to figure out what they did to make that come on them, what we need to do is realize that this is nothing but an attack from the enemy and we're all going to take our place in God and we're going to exercise our spiritual authority and we're going to bind what already has been bound in heaven and we're going to loose what already has been loosed in heaven on behalf of our brother and on behalf of our sister and we're going to help them walk in freedom. That way they don't have to fight that rascal all by themselves for three months. We can have it done in 30 minutes. Now, I said I wouldn't go get into this, but let, just let me touch one more thing here, okay? All right. Lose the victim mentality. Okay? Quit feeling like you have to fight the devil all by yourself because if I call somebody, I just don't want to be a burden to them and let them know, you know, what I'm going through. No, 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 no. That's not even biblical. That's not scriptural. You know what that is? That's pride. That's pride. There's a few times I've stood up here in the pulpit and I've said, look guys, I need you to help me with this. Y'all remember? Every now and then that happens. You know why? Because even the pastor comes under attack. In fact, we probably come under attack a little bit more than you guys do. But I, I tell you, if I ever stand up here, and I've done it a few times and say, I need your help, then I need you guys to get on your knees and, and go to heaven with me and, and find out what's going on, you know, and, and, uh, and get, the, get the enemy off our back. If I see you wrestling with the enemy and I don't do anything to try to help you, then how can I say that I have God's love inside of me? So we need each other, don't we? And that's 1 Peter uh, chapter 4 and verse number 10. Every man hath received the gift. Uh, hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of, of God. And you can, I mean, we didn't have time to really break it down, but that's, 
That's where we were going to go there, Thelma. Okay? All right. Thank you for joining us today on Working the Word. For more information, go to our website at www.suncoast4, and that's the number 4, jesus.tv. You may also write us at 12637 Pony Lane, Hudson, Florida, 34669. Or you may call us at 727-856-1770. Our office hours are Monday through Wednesday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. and Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Remember, the Word will work if you work the Word.